regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives dangerous to public health. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Algorithms, I don't know how they work, but they all do know how they work. Public has a right to know. That's the point that we're making, and we're dealing with a life or death issue here, and so everybody has a role to play in making sure there's accurate information. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. I'm your host, Stanley, Stanley Hudson, and we are joined by a great friend this evening. You may know him as B.B. Bedazzle. Some people know him as the Devil's Advocate. Our great friend Joe B.B. Bedazzle, how are you doing this evening? Uh, it's fine. I just wanted to bring a little uh, class back to the show. <laughs> oh, are we lacking class lately? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and Captain Reverso and, of course, our executive producer, Buford. We're starting off this evening with... Uh, Liz Cheney, she's not doing so hot right now, but she she has some presidential aspirations. Was she ever hot? What did I say? She's not so hot right now. She's not doing so hot. No, I don't know that she was ever hot. She reminds me, and maybe this is sexist. She reminds me, of, she and maybe this is classless. In fact, she reminds me of Miss Piggy. <laughs> I don't know. She kind of looks like a third grade teacher. Ugh. So, I don't know. This is a two minute video. Uh, I don't know if we'll do all two minutes until we get to the point that I wanted to make with it. But uh, this is this is Liz Cheney on her possible 2024 run. On CNN. Uh, um, and here in Wyoming, uh, you know, we have same-day registration. It is the, the right of people to, to uh, register whatever party they want to register as. Uh, and uh, my message is one for all Wyomingites. I represent every single person in this state, and um, I believe that there are thousands and thousands of people across our state who fundamentally understand um, why it's so important to have somebody who's going to abide by her oath of they office. They might be Democrats who would vote for a Cheney. Yeah. Pretty remarkable. Um, you said in your Reagan Library speech, men are running the world and it's really not going all that well. Do you think voters here in the U.S. are ready for a woman to run things? Uh, sure. Um, look, I think that... Um, all right, that's enough. So the world's not going well because men are, are running it. Yeah, that's the problem. Men like your father, number one. Number two, the reason that, that she's talking about Democrats as well is because they're trying to pill for Democrat votes and they were even, her campaign was even in the midterm her midterm elections coming up. So the primary within weeks, I think it's within the next two weeks if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken and by all indications polling wise and we'll cover some other indications, there's no way it's, it's not possible for her to win. So if things are not going well because men are running it, there was a point in time when things were going well because women were running it. Is that true? No. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure. That's not very classy of you, though, to point that out. <laughs> no, I just wanted to. I just wanted to be clear. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is there a place? Is there a place ran by women exclusively on the planet that, that does really well? That I don't. I mean, I just. No, I'm not trying to be sexist and classless here. No, I'm not either. I just. I mean, that's what she said. So I just wanted to clarify what she said. 
I just wanted to dig a little deeper. We don't even know really what a woman is, though, either. Because No, I know what a woman is, but we have certain people that do not know what a woman and is. And she's aligning herself with those people. Yeah. Because she's wanting Democrat votes because she can't win Republican votes. But hold that thought on she represents all the people of Wyoming, okay? Democrats and Republicans. Wyomingites? Yes. So this is part of her latest campaign ad that's coming up next. So I, I debated on where to place these next two two videos. So hit her dad, her dad helping her out on her little campaign campaign video next because nobody really represents and embodies American principalities and really where people want to be and go in the direction of the country than Dick Cheney. Dude, he's he's pretty much universally revered and loved, right? Like Billy the Kid. Let's just—he's—he's he's so rotten. Let's, let's here's his looks like a rotten, literally like not just a prune, a rotten prune. It's decaying. Let's hear it. In our nation's 246-year history, there has pause been. Pause it. I'm sorry. It's okay. I mean, you tell me, dude. Does that not look like one of the most evil, rotten, soulless scumbags you've ever seen in your life? Yeah. Wow. Just, he just looks like a rotten, evil villain from a movie. You're, and he is. You're a terrible scumbag, and everybody knows it. All right, sorry. Jewel, who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth, doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution, when so many in our party are too scared to do so. Liz is fearless. She never backs down from a fight. There is nothing more important she will ever do than lead the effort to make sure Donald Trump is never again near the Oval Office. And she will succeed. I am Dick Cheney. I proudly voted for my daughter. I hope you will too. I'm. There's another thing she'll never back down from, and that's a dessert buffet. But the, I mean, is anybody here convinced now? Anybody no, feel, dude, the, the music not. didn't do it for you? No. Seriously. My question is, I'm sorry, go ahead. That he was reading robotically from a <laughs> teleprompter. He didn't even blink. Like Maybe it's that. <laughs> Maybe he needs a pig heart or something so he can function better. <laughs> the music did it for me. I think I'm going to have to support her now. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to change the whole forecast of this show. No. And so on one hand, America's so great, yet it's so fragile because just one man, Donald Trump. It's, it's, and it's, it, my brain's going a million miles an hour because there's so many different ways to break this down. <clears throat> And we'll get into what happened with Carrie Lake in just a moment in Arizona. But one of the things that she had said about winning so so big is, and Matthias had said it when he was on the show, like any publicity is good publicity. So they can't, they couldn't stop talking about Carrie Lake being like Trump. Y'all can't stop, y'all can't stop talking about the guy. That's how you know he's this massive threat. Yeah. And my question would be, where? Can Dick Cheney anywhere, and dude, I'm all ears, where can Dick Cheney hang his hat on something and point to this? I did this for the American people. So I'm the standard, 
Like you, you don't have a standpoint from which to judge Donald Trump. You're universally reviled by the American populace. Everybody hates you. Everybody knows you're a warmongering, war profiteering, absolute scumbag who shot somebody in a hunting quote unquote accident. Everybody hates you. Nobody likes you. And nobody really gives a crap for George W. Bush either. And, and the difference is, and why they're doing this, the, tra- the transformation that I always talk about, I believe is occurring as we speak. And by that, I mean, you see the old guard sitting here trying to struggle for relevance by trashing the dude that is loved by the bulk of the country and Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is emblematic of the policies that Americans always wanted and deads like this would never give to you. They would, they would campaign and say, we're going to do this. And they would turn around 180 degrees and do the opposite. That's why they can't have, they can't have him back in there. So everybody is a threat. And uh, Liz Cheney, we're so proud of Liz. Of course you are. It's your dirtbag daughter. And she's going to win. Oh, and again, she's running in Wyoming. Like, so let, let's just listen to the next video and see what the people of Wyoming think. And I think this is a CNN video again. So the, the first the, the interview with her was with CNN. And so here we are, CNN again goes to Wyoming to ask voters if they're going to vote for Liz. So let's see what they think. Cheney for her fourth term. Are you planning to vote for Liz Cheney? Can I cuss? Hell no. Are you planning to support Liz Cheney? Absolutely not. What are your thoughts about Liz Cheney running for her fourth term? Um, personally, I think she said four, three too many. Keep in mind, in 2020, Donald Trump won about 70% of the vote in Wyoming. So Liz Cheney's work on the January 6th investigation isn't playing so well with many Wyoming voters. She's done us dirty. How so? Oh, God. Look at what, how she's done Trump. I'm a, I'm a Trump fan. I'm sorry. So she lost your vote because of her role on the January 6th committee and what she's yes. doing about Trump? Yes. She's supposed to be supporting him. She's a Republican, for crying out loud. I find her work on the January 6th committee just repulsive. How do you feel about her work on the... And and that that really proves what I'm saying. People don't care about what the January 6th committee, number one, and this guy's going to say it, but they know that it's fraudulent. And it doesn't matter. They want Donald Trump's policy. It's not... and, And where the media conflates it and seems to be confused is... Oh, his mean tweets. Nobody cares about Donald Trump's personality. I think it's hilarious by myself, but it's the policy. It's always been the policy, and that's where I always would try to debate people. Let me know what the policy issue that you disagree with, and let me know about the specific policy issue that is racist or bigoted or all the things that you accuse them of being. Tell me from a policy standpoint where that is because they never, ever could, and they still can't. It's just that he's a terrible person that's a threat to democracy for some reason because of this now— now, he was that his entire presidency. And then now it became the, the reason for that is the insurrection is the reason now. That's why he's a threat to democracy. And even that woman knows it. Like, look what he did to Trump. You're supposed to be a Republican. And there, there's the point. You're supposed to be a Republican. You're supposed to support the president. And, but you're supporting the Democrats and see it was a gambit on her behalf because she's a stereotypical garbage politician just like her father who thought that she was going to do whatever is politically convenient and expedient because she thought the January 6th trial affair would go a completely different direction and nobody's buying it. Like, they overestimate their ability to sell bullshit every time. But what does it really matter what these people think or say if the Democrats continue to steal elections? It don't matter if they continue to dump ballots in... And hold. nobody does anything about it. Okay, hold that thought. Oh, I am. I got it in my pocket. All right, keep keep it there. All right. BB, remember what he said. Gotcha. Continue, please. 
on the January 6th committee and her role? It's all a hoax. It's all propaganda. has nothing to do with anything. It's a witch hunt. Well, she says she's defending what's important to people here in Wyoming, uh, upholding the rule of law, defending the me. Constitution. If that was the rule of law, why doesn't he have a defense team in that courtroom? That ain't the rule of law. That's a kangaroo court. That's not the Wyoming way. She has been an embarrassment. It's a witch hunt. Are you proud of her for taking on Donald Trump? No. Here in Cheyenne, more than 1,600 miles from Washington, D.C., almost everyone we spoke with told us they believe Liz Cheney is too focused on Donald Trump and the January 6th committee and not paying enough attention to what they believe matters to the people here in Wyoming. And so he was 10-0 and 0 on his endorsements this week. And so six of 10 quote-unquote Republicans that voted for impeachment, boom, out because of his endorsements. So... Hit the next one. This is on Breitbart. Trump's endorsement record sits... This is... Uh, well, it'll get into it. 172 and 10 after perfect picks in Kansas, Missouri, and Michigan. Candidates backed by former President Donald J. Trump are now 172 and 10 in statewide and federal races in 2022 after a perfect night in Kansas, Michigan, and Missouri. His candidates are undefeated so far in Arizona, and this is before Carrie Lake was officially announced as the winner. But results are still pending in the gubernatorial race, while he also has two candidates in Washington whose races are still awaiting results. And so, <clears throat> Carrie Lake was the one that uh, Matthias and I had spoken about. What was and anybody that's paying attention to this is well aware of of the Senate campaign there. So you had with Carrie Lake is there the media is attacking her on the same pretense as what Liz Cheney was just talking about because she's too much like Donald Trump. So she's saying. Dude, she led with election fraud. That's why she won. She won every county in Arizona. So the uh, Maricopa County, where all the fraud took place in 2020, it took them over 48 hours to count the final, I want to say 100,000 votes or whatever it was. However many tens of thousands of votes, it took them 20, four, over 48 hours to supposedly complete it. There were eyes all over it. There was physical cameras on it. So Greg Phillips' organization that had worked with 2,000 Mules, these people knew they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. They did not want to concede. But the, and so one of the beautiful things about what, what Greg Phillips is doing, it's, it's citizen-involved investigative work and surveillance work. Dude, so now, and I can go, and, I, and we'll close out the show with, with something as well locally in my, in, in my personal sphere. So many people are getting involved the networking that's being generated from a stolen election is unparalleled. And so here locally, for our primary races yesterday, dude, I've seen more people in a primary race than I've seen in any general election in my life. And again, Arizona, every county is won by, by Carrie Lake in spite of Mike Pence's endorsement and constant thrashing in the mainstream media. So the mainstream media's power is already diminished. People have tur turned it off. They're not listening, just like you saw here. This is not unique to Wyoming. This is universal across this country. People are sick of this BS. They're tired of the media manipulation. They're tired of being sold a false bill of good by fake politicians that promise one thing and do another, which in, in our lifetime, Donald Trump is the only one that really ran opposite of that. No, there's a lot of good things going on, and the, these are all strong indications. Of course, all these people have to make it through a general election, but dude, like I said before, 
the math the math is the tell all and people weren't so she was polling in some in most polls she was 30% ahead of her opponent in this primary race and so come election time was there some malfeasance certainly looks like it and Pinal County Arizona there's some problems so go ahead and go to the next one and let's see and this is a, again the days of stealing races in the fashion that they did are cut they're they're ending and here's one reason why and again this is Greg Phillips and true the vote have networked, and they've got the ability for all these sheriff's offices nationwide to interlink and, and prosecute voter fraud. So check them out. This is it. So because they had his county, they had some things that, that went on. They took too long, and there were some mistakes made. So check it out. Hey, folks, Pinal County Sheriff Mark Lamb here. I wanted to address the election issues we had here the other day in Pinal County. Um, we received, we heard you, whether it was emails, text messages, uh, phone calls, whether you came to the board meeting yesterday, we have definitely heard your concerns and we are taking these matters very seriously. Myself, the county attorney and the uh, supervisors, I can assure you, this is a very serious matter for us. Uh, I can tell you that the elections department director has been terminated that he has since been replaced by Virginia Ross, our county recorder. It's important to understand that these mistakes were not made under her supervision. These, they are two separate departments. These mistakes were made by the elections department and I have all the faith and confidence in Virginia Ross that she will be able to fix the issues that uh, we have been dealing with here in Pinal County. Um, as far as the sheriff's office goes, we're committed to making sure that we look into this matter completely to make sure that it was nothing more than a terrible accident or a mistake. Um, we want to make sure that that is where it stops. We will also be taking offering our services to help look at the voter rolls. Uh, we're committed to making sure that we will secure those ballot boxes. We will be watching the videos to make sure that uh, nobody is breaking the laws. We're going to do everything we can from the sheriff's office to help regain your trust. And I am confident that uh, Virginia Ross, the supervisor's county attorney, together, uh, we're going to be able to put a, a safe and secure election together for November 8th, and we will regain your trust. Thank you, and God bless. So have you seen this? Have you, this hasn't occurred before. We hadn't seen this before. No, I've never Sher seen that. Sheriffs getting no. involved and people losing their jobs. And one of the things about the election fraud and them dumping ballots. Look, so, excuse me, is this only happening in that place? No. Pinal County? No, they're, well. <clears throat> Where else is this happening? The, the, again, they're networking all across the country. And yeah, they, I know they're networking, but where else is it actually happening? They haven't caught anything else yet. So, which the, this is only one of however many states that were having primary elections this week. So, we obviously they're they're segmented, so they're not all occurring at once. Um, and there there's there's plenty of other stories. I don't have any others outlined. Yeah, because I know but, the spotlights on this county. Yeah, but the, dude. So as far as twenty twenty, I mean, it, it was it was pretty equally divided. But this was one of the the places where a ton of fraud occurred and the election was lost by what less than 13,000 votes, if I'm not mistaken. But when you look at the way, like the, the officials, the election official that got lost their job over this and that happened quick, these are calculated endeavors that there's, there's a risk benefit ratio. And I think that people are going to start to see that it's not, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. So because how many people are going to stick their neck out 
to benefit somebody a lot higher up the chain if it means legal legal trouble for them. And again, this is just one of many ways it's going to manifest itself. So it's new. And people, when you're dealing with an occurrence like what we saw in 2020, you're not going to have a thorough and comprehensive universal, universally applied rule set or tactic for every single individual instance because they're going to vary. The fraud will occur in various forms, and it did last time. So this is just one way of many to combat it, and there's a lot of stuff that that the people that are watching this aren't going to reveal for obvious reasons. So I, I think it's fascinating to personally because these pe- without cheating, they can't win, and they, they can't... It makes me wonder how and probably wouldn't really want to know how how much have you guys actually done to need to need to manipulate elections this badly to stay in power this badly what do you owe for even getting into some of these positions and when you see some of the geopolitical happenings with Ukraine and whatnot and how indebted the Biden family for for one instance is compromised by China you would start to see how bad this this could potentially be looking at Hunter Biden's emails and stuff like that. That's just one family of so many historically and otherwise that have been involved in these massively corrupt deals. But yeah, to answer your question, there is something going on. So boom roasted. What's next? Oh yeah. And this is a good example. And we talked about this schedule F last week, as far as the plan, if he was to be reelected to start undoing again, systematically dismantling their ability to do things like this and then to act counterintuitive to the things that he's trying to do with the presidency to remove the bureaucracy, what they refer to as the deep state, to start to dismantle it. So, and again, I think this is CNN one more time talking about if he gets reelected and uses this executive order again, with the parameters that they'll already have in place to hit the ground running. So check it out. And again, if he if he wasn't viable, if he wasn't popular, and if he wasn't a threat, do you think that Liz Cheney and her dad and everybody else, the entirety of the Democrat Party and the majority of the Republican Party would be resisting him this hard at this point? Oh, I know. I'm not. And the only yeah. thing they're resisting, again, is the will of the American people. Donald Trump is just the, the, the manifestation of what the people have always wanted, and that's... And I think I used the analogy talking to you the other day. It's like a, a step parent trying to force feed you Brussels sprouts when you just want regular food. Brussels sprouts suck. Like that I don't was want today that. when you were in the line at Baskin Robbins. <laughs> yes, they. She wants you to eat Brussels sprouts, and you want chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. I know. We can't have it. And really, it's you can't subsist off ice cream, and it's healthy. In fact, I've got a diet plan I've put together. And if you would like to know what that diet plan is, you can always email us at info at bcblpodcast.com. You can find us on the web at bcblpodcast.com. And you can also find us on Truth Social at Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. And if you give us a five-star rating, I'll tell you how to eat chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream and have a svelte figure just like me. I have no pot belly. Yeah, because you have some new shake diet, right, that only consists of milkshakes. (laughs) It's like a 60-day shake fast. Yes. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, First dinner, second dinner. Yeah. Office reference. Yeah. Uh, second lunch and double breakfast. And no running in your exercise plan because nothing runs in your family but obesity. 
That's you didn't make that up, but that's okay. You stole that somewhere, but we'll let you buy. We'll, we'll let you buy with it. So, so uh, going back to Trump for a second, I saw this article popped up. Uh, I mean, it's CNBC, so you really can't trust it. But it's saying that he's likely to be charged criminally. Uh, and the DOJ election probe along with uh, former White House officials. How many times have we heard accusations like that before? I, I know. I'm just saying. So, I mean, Hey, and now I will admit that anything's possible with the Department of Justice is corrupt. And we could do, I mean, show up on top of show on top of show. Like, um, as far as corruption coming out of this administration, specifically the Department of Justice, they're absolute thugs. And they operate outside and above the law. And so, that, and that's what their goal is. But let, let's think about, do some critical thinking, dude, or not even, you don't even need critical thinking. If it makes me think of Tom Arnold, whenever Donald Trump won in 2016, I'll, there's an N word tape. I'm going to find it. I know it's oh, there. Yeah. And so he went on this big conquest. And of course, I, I'm assuming he's still on it. I guess that's why he hasn't resurfaced because he's still digging deep yeah. looking for it, right? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Of course, yeah, it never materialized. However, there was a litany of leftists and uh, Hollywood types that have said the N-word in between now and then and dressed up in blackface. So. Yeah. But we still haven't seen that. Didn't the ruler of Canada do that? He did. He did. But uh, let's check this out, though, real quick. The second Trump term look like, and you have some fantastic reporting that aims to look at that in very uh, exact detail. And part of it centers around a lot of it centers around an executive order he put in place. Can you tell us about this? He put this in place. It was rescinded by the Biden mm. administration. It kind of flew under the radar, but this is a crucial element of what it might look like if he if he is elected again. Yeah, so this is a two-part series that we launched on Axios um, on uh, Friday and Saturday, and I've been working on this for you know, more than three months, basically piecing together all these different aspects of what is effectively an administration in waiting for Trump for 2025. There's a lot more going on behind the scenes um, than have been publicly uh, reported. And at the heart of all of this... Um, is a legal instrument. Um, it's an executive order called Schedule that they call Schedule F. And if, if your viewers haven't heard of Schedule F or hadn't heard of it before the stories, that's for good reason, because it was developed in strict secrecy for most of the Trump administration, at least for the last uh, two years of it. And it was only finally issued, the Trump only signed it into law um, 13 days before the presidential election in 2020. And, you know, when, when you put out some anodyne-sounding order called Schedule F amid the craziest election in American history, you know, you could be forgiven for not paying attention to it. But it's actually profound what it does. It allows um, cabinet agencies to reclassify tens of thousands of career civil servants who have currently under law and have for decades very strong employment protections because the idea is that these career civil servants, nonpartisan, continue from one Hold administration that. to the next regardless. And, and the, the caveat being they're not nonpartisan, that's the problem. That's why, that's one of many reasons that he would have to create executive order like that is because they're, act, they're partisan hacks. They're not nonpartisan at all. So he was thinking ahead right there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, he knew it was coming. And when you look at some of the people in his inner circle, they, they've been, they're already vetting people to, to staff his cabinet now. 
yeah. which is brilliant. And so one of the things, if you if you contrast, and that that's enough of that one. Um, if you contrast the beginning, well, actually the entirety of his administration, but more so and more severely at the beginning, the leaks. You don't have leaks like that coming out of an Obama administration or a fake Biden administration. You don't have links to that extent coming out of a George W. Bush administration. That, that was unprecedented. And the reason is, is because of people like this. And so, and again, this wouldn't be applicable. This, this rule wouldn't be applicable to it. But when you look at what happened with a leftist staffer on the Supreme Court that is yet to be caught, like they don't know who it is, that leaked the Roe v. Wade decision preeminently. I said preeminently, I meant... What, what did I try to say? What am I trying to say here? Preemptively? Is that what I said? No, you said, I don't know what you Prematurely? said. Prematurely? That. Fine, that'll work. Prematurely? <laughs> Dude, listen, I'm going on an ice cream bender when this is over. In fact, one of our listeners passed, just drove by the studio and said they were going to a creamery and asked if, they want, if I wanted them to swing in some chocolate chip cookie dough. Literally, that's not a joke. That's not how probably, man. Was that the supercharged Mustang listener? No, somebody else. Uh, Which listeners live close to here? Several. I need a list. We're on a list. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, I know that. So anyway, yeah. Anyway. So when you had the Supreme Court leaker, it, it, and that would just be one facet of the overall scope of why you would do something like this. So people that act maliciously towards this administration because they're absolute partisans. It does away with that. And that's a bad problem with our governance. And so there's so many leftover Obama holdouts that were loyal to that administration and, and, and their ideologues, they're, they're philosophically opposed to what regular Americans stand for and they're in the inner workings of government where they can do damage like little pieces inside of a big machine always. In addition, now we're back on Breitbart, and this is beautiful. I think we can just play this video. Ron DeSantis suspends woke state prosecutor. We will not allow pathogen ignoring the law in Florida. And this is beautiful. And this needs to happen a lot more places and a lot more often. Let's see what he says. Don't elect people in one part of the state to have veto power over what the entire state decides on these important issues. The Constitution of Florida has vested the veto power in the governor, not in individual state attorneys. And so when you flagrantly violate your oath of office, when you make yourself above the law, uh, you have violated your duty, uh, you have neglected your duty, and you are displaying a lack of competence uh, to be able to reform those duties. And so today we are suspending state attorney Andrew Warren effective immediately. Seems to be a pretty popular decision. <laughs> yeah, what did this guy do? We are not going to allow this a pathogen that he is a Soros funded uh, uh, DA and so he's not prosecuting people so and you see this in California where these people get off the hook with so many times they they, they choose not to to prosecute and so, or they'll do it on under under different like lighter circumstances and it's uh, same thing it's all due to their their political beliefs. Country of ignoring 
law. We are not going to let that get a foothold here in the state of Florida. We are going to make sure that our laws are enforced uh, and that no individual prosecutor puts himself above the law. And so that guy continues to be a trendsetter. And Carrie Lake in Arizona will be if at least equal to that, if not even more severe, which, again, her she ran – she took their, and I know I'm, I'm going a different direction here. We'll, we'll talk about Ron DeSantis some more. But she took election fraud and put it at the absolute very forefront of her entire campaign. She won on election, talking about election fraud, while the media is trying to convince you that nothing happened and talking about how crazy it is and try to, they were patronizing those people in Wyoming as far as, you know, supporting Trump and and not supporting the January 6th committee. Like, they they... They look at these people like Nuggle Dragon, low intelligent people. It doesn't take high intelligence, or well, and I'm not saying that they're not intelligent because I believe that they are. I think that they try to shame people about supporting common sense. <laughs> it was stolen. That's all there is to it, dude. You don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but and the that's why I'm saying like you're starting to see people good people pattern themselves after this and it, it, it's a it's an emerging trend dude and i'm saying it's a renaissance dude it's 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 a reawakening of ideals dude it's a reset of ideals back to a, a more foundational principality dude it's it's enough of the bs and i think that this is gonna in my opinion there's a hard a higher degree of, of probability that this will catch like wildfire than the nonsense we bitch about every week. So we got Lake, we got DeSantis. Who else we have? There's plenty. See, they, they, this is like an argument with a wife. You want, you want, I, I present this, and you want multiple specifics. Like, well, what else? What else? Like, it's it's every week we talk. Well, not every week we talk about this type of specific thing, but um, Blake Masters one. You another, know why I do this. Yeah, I, I, I get it. But, dude, uh, the, the sheer, again, math always tells the tale of the tape, dude. And whatever those statistics were that we talked about earlier, 100-some-odd to 10 Trump endorsements. 170 to 10. Right. There's, there's, they're all in there. So that's 170 of them then. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. And, well, that's not entirely fair because. No, I'm talking about that are like this. Well, this is specifically a, a, a governor race. Yeah. A, a governor's race. So, um, granted, that'll do nothing for us here in Oregon, but she, she'll be great for Arizona. And when people start to realize like they did patterning themselves after the things that Donald Trump did being massively popular, like they are, this is just the beginning. In my opinion, with people like, I always get Trudeau and Newsom confused, but Newsom, because they, they, to me, they kind of, they're two little pencil neck dweeb that that's not popular. It's just, it's just not. And, I, the, and you heard the reaction there. Yeah, like these people have a ton of support, and and it's great. And we've we've covered it, I quite a bit in the past. But they're winning new demographics all the time. You know, uh, black support, Hispanic support, and it's not when. You, I don't like the generic idea that, oh, it's Republicans. No, it's America first candidates are winning over these new demographics because it's universally sound and competent and common sense policy, which it's making a comeback, I'm telling you.
there was something I missed, but what's next? I have the paper right here. I should know what is next. What do you think, BB Bedazzle? I know. Bring, you're awfully quiet over yeah, there. you got to bring some class, dude. This show is, I can tell, in yeah. bad need of some class. Yeah. And a lot less of the word dude. I noticed that on the last one I listened to. <laughs> when I got something, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, when you sent this, I was watching part oh. of this video, and then I got interrupted. I didn't get to finish it. This is pretty interesting. Well, before we get to that heavier than this, that we'll maybe hold over till next week because I I don't have it on the uh, list. So, what do you mean heavier? It's abortion stuff. It's oh, you know. So whatever. This, I mean, this is pretty gnarly right here. Like this is disturbing. Yeah, it is. So let's hit it. This yeah. is uh, congressional questioning of uh, gain of function expert by Senator Howley. So let's check it out. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thanks to the witnesses for being here. Uh, Dr. Quay, if I could just start with you. You said in your in your written testimony that the genome of COVID has some of the hallmarks of, of gain-of-function research, and in particular, three genomic regions you say have the signature of synthetic biology. One region has features of the two types of forbidden gain-of-function research that are associated with bioweapons development. And you said in your opening remarks that you believe COVID-19 was the product of, of gain-of-function research and was from a lab leak from uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. My question, I guess, is do you think that China engaged in a cover-up to prevent the world from knowing the true origins of this virus and a lab leak? Uh, I, I think there's abundant evidence that they have not shared all the information they had at the time. They continue to not share information. I could give you a laundry list of 20, 20 things that they've done, starting with a a website with 21,000 viruses on September 12th, 2 a.m. Someone was in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That, that had been available to virologists for, for a decade. It was taken offline. It's not been returned. We've asked uh, to see it. No one that I know of has ever seen it. It goes on from there. Are you concerned with the continuation and expansion of Chinese gain-of-function research? Well, I think I testified here that they that on, in December 2019, they were doing synthetic biology on a cloning vector of the Nipah virus, which is 60% lethal. We just experienced a 1% lethal virus. Uh, my estimates would be that that could set us back a millennium. Um, the, the Black Plague was a 20% lethal event, and it was 250 years for civilization to return. Let me ask you this. How safe were the testing conditions at Wuhan, to your knowledge? Well, I think that a, a lot of the Western virologists actually used that, the findings of that as a way to, to get around saying it was okay at the beginning. All of the work that I've described as being done at what's called BLSA 2-3 level, which is commonly spoken of as a, as a, the dentist, a dentist laboratory level of, of biosafety. So maybe a little higher than that, but it, that's not a bad euphemism. It, it, you said, uh, I think in your testimony, this is the most dangerous research that, that you have ever encountered. Um, what makes this particular research so dangerous? If you're doing experiments with a pathogen that is 60% lethal but is not airborne, and you make it airborne in the laboratory, and someone walks out with it. NEPA has a 21-day incubation period. It's perfect for, for widespread spread uh, without being detected. Uh, we couldn't afford 60%. We can't afford 10% lethality. Yeah. Um, Dr. Ebright, let me uh, ask you about the merits of, of uh, gain-of-function research, because I was struck by something you said in your written testimony. You said gain-of-function research has no civilian practical applications. Um, from a research perspective, then, what, why do it? I mean, what's the, what's the value, the real value of gain-of-function research? 
not a matter of value, but incentives, particularly incentives within the academic research ecosystem. Gain-of-function research of concern is fast and easy, much faster and much easier than vaccine or drug development. And gain-of-function research is publishable and gain-of-function research is fundable. With those four incentives in place, fast, easy, fundable, and publishable, uh, the research will be performed. What uh, is eliminate any one of those incentives, and it will not be. So, thinking about China for a second, what what's China's interest in gain of function research? They have witnessed the United States leading the way with gain of function research. Most gain of function research of concern performed to date has been performed either in the U.S. with U.S. funding or overseas with U.S. funding. Uh, China has wished to be part of that and has participated in gain-of-function research of concern in China with U.S. funding and has also supported gain-of-function research of concern uh, in China entirely through Chinese programs. So uh, let me ask you this. Uh, gain-of-function research and bioweapons, what, what, what's, the, what's the connection there? I mean, what role does gain-of-function research play? As I mentioned, there are no civilian practical applications. There are immense bioweapons practical applications. Uh, as you've heard from Dr. Or brother, four minutes from there. But I think that's the, the basic meat and potatoes of that. <clears throat> BB Bedazzle, what's your opinion on that? That's more scary than any election stuff going on. And, and I, there's obviously no way I could pretend to, to know uh, any more than what we just listened to, but as a just basic analytical person, when they discuss the, the military capabilities in comparison to us with hypersonic weapons and nuclear weapons and, you know, an arms race and the development and the proliferation of those weapons – why would this be any different? And the sick thing is that obviously we're funding a lot of that research, quote unquote research, and which I said that early on because it seems to be a common sense thing to me that what other reason would there be? And we, we talked about this again ad nauseum through the, the whole COVID experience. What other reason outside of a bioweapon would there be to modifying those viruses? It's It's all... Every, every excuse they're giving you is not legitimate. You have no business screwing with that. And so, you know, people <clears throat> that would like to, to disarm nuclear arsenals and do away with nukes, they, this just flies under the radar because people believe the BS that they put out in relation to these. Oh, it's just it's scientific research. Scientific, scientific research for what? For bioweapons. And we, already, we talked about even last week, with the DNA, how they can they can make bioweapons specifically for certain DNAs, and China's been buying up these companies that have this DNA material. Twenty three Me and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Ancestry.com. Just think, the world population seven point seven billion, sixty percent uh, lethality rate four point six billion. Right, and and. Gone. Who is it that's always talking about depopulation that's also involved in these things? Bill Gates. For sure. I mean, how could I mean, dude, and you can call it conspiracy theory all day, but it's common sense. Like, wh- connect the dots here with these wackadoodle nut bars. Sick, evil, powerful, wealthy, well connected weirdos. 
he's the one on record on TED Talks talking about population control more than once. Huh. So how do you protect yourself from something like this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not possible. Completely impossible. It's, it's, dude, that it, 60% lethality rate. Uh, 21 day incubation period. I mean, well, look what happened with COVID, which was next. It wrecked the economy. It screwed up the the supply chain, dude. It wrecked every which, and part of that is by design. And so, and dude, it wouldn't be a stretch to think was this some sort of like it's a natural conclusion I would imagine for a rational person to say, damn, was this some sort of a test run? What the hell? And you're oh, messing exactly. with exactly. You're, you're messing with this in a laboratory that that is akin to the 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 level of security of a dentist's office. Seriously? This is a recipe for destruction and plausible deniability to say that, oh, it was a leak. I don't think so. Right, BB? Right. Dentists everywhere are offended. Yes. I don't know, dude. That was classy. But no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was classic and classy. It was a classy classic. It's disturbing, dude. But what would you do? What what could you do to avert that? Nothing. That would collapse the that that would collapse everything. Just just like a nuclear war would. Release something like that, and it it dude, it alters the it alters mankind. Just like he said, it'd take a millennia to get back to where we're at, and which that would make Bill Gates happy. Because then you could cure global warming. Seriously, that's what they think. That's that's one of the the premises behind the population reduction is that we're wrecking the environment. Man. But that's what China's doing. And now, just in case there's any stragglers left that don't realize the grift that the entirety of the Ukraine debacle was, because, hey, listen, Zelensky did a photo shoot in Vogue last week, and we didn't cover that. Really? I saw that. Yeah, I mean, did he have his T-shirt on? Did he? I think, or did he, I think he had a button uh, down with the top button down. unbuttoned. There was a couple of pictures with him and his wife. Yeah. I mean, that's usually what happens in the middle of a bloodbath, all-out, catastrophic war takeover where they have to arm the citizens with AKs with American money. And how many billions have we sent? I can't remember. I know there's $140 billion infusion in addition to maybe a $70 billion, something along the lines. Everybody's lost count. Man. Yeah. Not everybody. This Dick guy. Cheney has it written down in his notebook. <laughs> so, so does Hunter. And so... Obviously, we just talked about the gain-of-function research that, that China's doing. Yeah. And they're screwing with stuff that's terrible, like, exponentially way, way higher level of uh, concern than COVID ever could imagine being. And so this is on Breitbart. Volodymyr Zelensky asks Xi Jinping for talks, invites China to rebuild Ukraine. After we spent, how much money did I just say? What? Billions. Yes, tens of billions. So, this, this is a little bit long. I'll, I'll cut it. I'll cut it where it needs to be cut. Ukrainian President Zelensky told the South China Morning Post on Thursday that he would like to discuss his country's war against Russia with the leader of Russia's closest ally, Xi Jinping, directly, and invited China to help rebuild Ukraine once the war is over. Zelensky's discussion with the Morning Post, a Hong Kong newspaper, was the first with an Asian news outlet since Russia escalated its eight-year-old war against Ukraine into a full-scale invasion in February. Zelensky used the opportunity to request a personal discussion with Z, a, a genocidal communist dictator who is largely bankrolling the invasion of Ukraine through large purchases of cheap Russian oil and gas. Ukraine is a member of Russia's Belt and Road Initiative, a global program to trap poor countries into predatory loans to China that they cannot afford. 
The loans are nominally meant to pay China for massive infrastructure projects. China was also Ukraine's top trading partner prior to the war. Last year, Zelensky said he hoped that Ukraine would become a bridge to Europe for Chinese influence in his last conversation with Xi. While welcoming Chinese financing and failing to criticize China for maintaining a strong alliance with Russia throughout this year's invasion, Zelensky has been slightly more critical of the Chinese Communist Party than his predecessors unilaterally sanctioning the world's second-largest economy last year after a Chinese company tried to buy a key Ukrainian defense corporation. In conversation with the Morning Post, Zelensky expressed hope that China would help put the Russian Federation in, in a certain place economically, and he said he would personally like China to review its attitude regarding Russia. It's a very powerful state. It's a powerful economy, so it can politically, economically influence Russia, and China is also a permanent member of the UN Security Council. The newspaper quoted Zelensky as saying in a 40-minute interview, this is a war on our territory. They came to invade China as a big and powerful country could come down and sort of put the Russian Federation in a certain place. The Ukrainian president reportedly expressed frustration with the inaction regarding the invasion of his country on the part of the Security Council, which China serves on as a permanent member with veto powers. Why should we have the Security Council at all if any country or several countries in the world could simply decide to violate the rules militarily, he asked. Zelensky yet noted that Xi had visited Ukraine personally in the past and said he believed that a direct conversation with him rather than Chinese diplomats could benefit Kiev. I would like to talk directly. I had one conversation with President Xi Jinping that was a year ago, Zelensky recalled. Since the beginning of the large-scale aggression on February 24th, we have asked officially for a conversation, but we haven't had any conversation with China, even though I believe that that would be helpful. Zelensky also expressed hope that China would play a role in the reconstruction of Ukraine once the war ended inducing China, China, Chinese businesses to enter the Ukrainian market. I really would like the whole world to unite over this process. It's very hard for us to overcome this, the president was quoted as saying. I thought that those TikTok stars that the White House implored to talk about this, who they briefed, said that there was no way that Russia could win and that that Ukraine was on the brink of complete and total all-out victory, that Russia's military was falling apart and people were defecting and old Ukrainian women were slapping Russian soldiers around as Zelensky was basically gyrating like Rick Rude, the wrestler, over... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. over the top of Vladimir Putin is the way they told that, right? Or or am I misremembering? That's pretty spot on. Because yeah. this guy... Remember, this was the next George Washington. He was William Wallace. He was the Terminator. He was the Universal Soldier. He was the, this badass dude that was kicking ass and taking names and freaking cutting throats and everything always had the t-shirt on who would talk like yeah and he did the grammy awards he did a vogue shoot uh pelosi the who's who of corrupt disgusting establishment american politicians are flying in and out to ensure that whatever corrupt monetary system they've engineered over there for however long remained intact and now he's asking china for help yeah he's asking everybody for help and so now he's he's talking about uh, a diplomatic way to solve this, which, dude, you didn't have any diplomacy towards the beginning. Huh. Not by my recollection, because that's that's the criticism of him from people with a brain, is that you you could have done... There are concessions he could have made in other avenues to avert an invasion, and he decided not to do it. Yeah. And at the behest, I guarantee you, of corrupt American politicians. Oh, yeah. Hence the reason they're... Oh, the, uh, Vladimir Putin's the worst thing on the planet next to Donald Trump, by the way. And that's saying something. Donald Trump is more vilified than communist Vladimir Putin. But what does it say that this universally revered freaking George Washington replica in Zelensky is 
is begging the Chinese for help. Wow. Anybody? I wonder if he has wooden teeth, too. <laughs> and so this is uh, a short clip from Fox News, and this is one of Zelensky's aides. And this is going to shock everybody. They need more weapons and more money. <laughs> you said they're, they're, they're only asking China to rebuild. They're asking us for the money and the weapons. And again, you, you just, again, that's one of Russia's biggest benefactors is, is China. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, is this peculiar to anybody else here but me? It's awfully odd. And I can't pretend to know the ins and outs of all this. This is just, there's one thing I do know. This reeks of unadulterated, absolute, complete, and total corruption. Yes. There's, there's nothing honest going on here anywhere, any of this. And so this is one of his aides, and this is what he had to say about people that were complaining about inflation and higher fuel prices and everything else. Ihor Zhokwa says he wants to push Russian forces out of all of Ukraine, including Crimea, and return to its 1991 borders after Ukraine declared its independence from the Soviet Union. He had the following message for Americans fed up with inflation and high gas prices. Are you ready to sacrifice some part of your cozy life, you know, in order for evil not to win? Because if this evil will not be stopped here in Ukraine, it will spread further. So that's Zelensky's aid, and he's worried about evil spreading, and people here complaining about sending our grandchildren's grandchildren's money to these idiots who can't seem to win. What are you doing with the money? How's it being used and implemented? How's it being utilized? To win specifically, I'd like to know number one, number two, evil is the CCP who you're directly appealing to to help you while you're paying them, or rather you're imploring them to help you while they're paying Russia to use. They're using the money that you pay Russia for fuel cheaply to invade you because Russia's making more money now than they have. All these sanctions have backfired yeah. and done the opposite yeah. effect. Which you can't tell me that these idiots didn't know that would happen. So you're talking about that money that they would find in suitcases going across borders and things, right? Allegedly. Okay. I just want to make sure we're talking about the same money. Oh, you mean when they were getting caught fleeing the country? Yeah. <laughs> well, it might not necessarily be money. It might be actual gold bars and watches and expensive yeah. jewelry, but yeah. Yeah. No, and but some they, of them might they actually, actually found, like... I'm, right, I know. We covered Notes it. and stuff, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, they had, I mean, it was... It was in actual paper money form. Yeah, I currency. Mean, they, yeah, like so they, large these, amounts of these, currency. These corrupt Ukrainian officials, I mean, they, they had to pick and choose how they were going to try to smuggle that out. Yeah. And so, and some of it might have left in the form of an aircraft. We don't know. Some of it may have taken the form of a yacht elsewhere. Yeah. And I think that actually happened. Yeah, it did. And some of those yachts have been seized. So, I mean, how, how rich is it? You're talking about evil spreading. How rich or poor? rich <laughs> how hypocritical how hypocritical is it that you're talking about oh if, if you don't sacrifice part of your cozy life i mean personally what would you like me to do to what what do i need to do do i need to pay more in inflation now i know everybody here in europe over there is really feeling inflation as well i mean i really think that those tiktok stars went out on a limb and really sacrificed a part of their soul to lie for these guys did they, did they obviously don't appreciate it. What have you done for me lately syndrome? Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to a family from Spain this week. and They said that in Spain, 
everything is a lot more. Like everything. Gas, water, electric. Did you explain to them that this is, that this is Putin's price hike? No, I explained to them that that's what happens when an American election is stolen. You have a trickle-down effect across the whole world. Yeah, Putin's price hike, dude. Those TikTok stars said so. Yeah. I would like to revisit that episode and listen to the one guy in particular. There is no way that Russia can win. And he even said it was going to be over in a matter of weeks. Where is he now? How far in are we now? How many months? It was, what, February 24th? Yeah, like six months. Six well, that's your Ukraine update. We need to send more money. More money and more, more sacrifice and more, more sacrifice of your comfort will aid them. Because yeah, sac- that guy said sacrifice so. Sacrifice your comfy life. Yeah. Listen, I almost didn't do this, but we always need to really have the adults are back in charge. And so, as everybody knows, uh, Nancy, uh, the drunkard Pelosi, went to Taiwan this week to oh, antagonize. Man, she looks rough. Yes, yeah, she does. Dang. Yeah, and so this is her speaking while she's in Taiwan. And look, she looks great with a pearl necklace. Oh, God. What? She's wearing a pearl necklace. What's the problem? I don't understand. And, of course, she's got the obligatory stupid mask on her ugly face. Matches her shirt. Say, at least she matches. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Dude, by the way, I just got to say, when I went, like, all day yesterday, and maybe it's because of the monkeypox, we'll get there in a minute, it's as good as it was last week. Did you get monkeypox? No. Oh, but I thought you said maybe I'm because of my monkeypox. There is an influx of people riding around again in their car with a mask on. And it's funny because, like, they, they're pulled up to, like, if they're wearing glasses, the glasses overlap. That's, there's no way that's comfortable. No, you know what? You know what we should start doing? Just get a paper bag and cut some eyes <laughs> out of it and a nose. Well, it's the only way to be sure, especially with the Nipah virus. And just start wearing it around. Look, what? Well, never mind. We're not gonna, that would be way too off topic. Let's just listen to this. This is the this is the segment. The adults are back in charge for this week. The strength is democracy. I said at a meeting earlier with the parliamentarians, in our earliest days of our founding of our country, Benjamin Franklin presidency said, freedom and democracy. Freedom and democracy and one thing, security here. If we don't have we can't have either if we don't have both. So she's been drinking. Security, economics, security, economy, and again, they're all and governance. They're all related, and we want Taiwan to always have freedom. Did she say she remembered listening to George Washington? Oh, no, no. She said Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. And uh, I'm pretty sure Benjamin Franklin never said any of what you just, whatever that was. That that didn't happen. And there, again, this is, a, oh, this is, this would be no different than going up to a 30-year homeless wino and Skid Row in L.A. and then putting a microphone in his face. There's no need to try to break down what he said because he's a 30-year homeless wino. So that's that's all for that. And with that, that brings us to this week in automobiles. Just kidding. See, you did a double take. This week, an idiot cross-dressing confused moron pervert Democrat nutjob wackos. Oh, yeah, you guys are getting pumped up, right? 
Hey, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. I don't think that people want me interrupting that. We should, hey, you know what? Let's take it from the top. Everybody need, could use we it. We need to start over? Yeah, I think that everybody. Do we need to start over? No, we're going to keep them both in there. They want to hear it twice. That, that it pumps people up. Oh, I know it. Yeah, hit it again. We should start. We might over. do it three times. Okay. No, I liked it. Okay, take it from the top. Oh yeah. That's exhilarating. I think from now on, we're going to do it back to back because you like the song. Oh, yeah. It pumps you up. Yeah. Have you ever got up from your desk and started gyrating or pumping your hips? Well, I usually listen into the car, so I can't. Do you at least fist pump a little bit? Eh, I bet you start speeding. No. (laughs) This is the libs of TikTok. Libs of TikTok. What'd I say? TikTok. (laughs) Really? Well, Nancy Pelosi cleavage pick, okay? Oh, my goodness. Freudian slip. We are on the libs of TikTok, and the title says a bunch of middle schoolers owned this woke teacher when she asked for their pronouns. Okay, TikTok, I really need your help here on this one. I'm a teacher. I teach fifth and sixth grade, and uh, this morning, I don't know, somehow um, the concept of pronouns came up. Um, And one of my students said, well, Miss O'Dell, did you even ask me my pronouns? And I was like, whoa. I hadn't actually asked him his pronouns and I had called him a him and I I said, oh, uh, I'm so sorry. I haven't actually called you. I mean, asked you what your pronouns are and um, what are they? And he said, I'm sorry, banana said, banana and rock. And I was like, dude, no, like don't mess around. I was, I was actually really upset because I thought he was making fun of it. And in fact, I'm still pretty sure he was making fun of it. You're and uh, But they all agreed, no, like you can choose anything. Banana, rock, if you want banana and rock to be a pronoun, banana and rock's a pronoun. Is it? TikTok, tell me. Is-, Is it like this universal thing where idiot, moronic, virtue signaling, whacked out woke teachers have to get on TikTok and do this and play pretentious music in the background? But also you... You misgendered him because, dude, the connotation, that's a male connotation that comes along with the word dude, is it not? I, as somebody that uses that word profusely, <laughs> that's, which I, I do use it applicable to women as well sometimes, and sometimes they take offense. So you misgendered him by calling him a dude anyway. Because she just said, she, I was like, dude. I wonder how long it took her to, like, Make compile that, that and make and it. how many and takes like, she did. Yeah, and, like, figure out about the background music. Because I never even picked up on the background music. Mm-hmm. Well, on, I, a, on a side I tangent. I zone out of that crap. And I'll, pardon me if I've talked about this on here before. A lot of people probably don't even know what these are, but local dial-up bulletin boards back in the day in, like, the 90s, right? Meow, meow. Yes. Like 14-4 and 28. Beep, when, beep, when you had the 28-8 modem, you were, like, the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you had you so, but like using MS DOS back then took at least a little bit of talent, and now a few like the touch screen to me. I, I mean, obviously it's user friendly, but it's also stupid friendly. It's moron friendly, so idiots can do this in a matter of seconds and do multiple takes even, and then boom, upload it for the world to see. So your stupidity is dis- disseminated all around the world. 
Well, she also said, I don't know how the concept of pronouns came up. I've got a wild idea. You brought it up yeah. because you've been pushing this stuff, you moron, you sick wacko. She may have brought it up, but that, that did go a different direction than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it yeah. was just going to be her straight up pushing this on somebody, but she's saying the kids asked her about it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think that she's full of crap. She oh, says, sure I don't know how the, I don't yeah, know yeah. how the concept of pronouns came up. I, I do. You coerced your students into talking about it because you're a sicko that you would even engage in this type of behavior. Because if, if I was a teacher and the kids, oh, what about pronouns? I, that's not a thing. Let's move on. Like, we've got actual things to discuss that, that entail. Yeah, what about two plus two? Yeah. So, what's next? Oh, yeah, this is a good one. Because this is on www.education.pa.gov. Gender, gender identity, creating gender-inclusive schools and classrooms, gender diversity, words you should know. And so there's a bunch of bullet points under this header. I guess this is a teacher resource for schools in Pennsylvania. Assign gender. And this is educational for, like, this literally is educational for me because it helps me find out what you morons are even trying to, you know what I mean? Because a lot of times we're confused. So this is a this is a good breakdown so that we can engage in your mass psychosis. Yeah, so this puts all of their agenda in one spot. Yes. So gender diver- gender diversity words you should know. Assigned gender. The gender a baby is given upon birth usually based on the child's birth sex. Binary gender. The faulty concept that there are only two genders, male and female. See Birth sex, biological sex, a specific set of genetic, chemical, and anatomical characteristics that we are either born with or that develop as we mature. Cisgender describes a person whose birth sex and gender identity align. Gender queer. Wait, go back. Okay. Cisgender. I've always wondered what what they meant with this. Dumb that down a little bit. Cisgender. So that's just a person. That's normal who's people, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. just that's a woman that says they're a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Cisgender describes a person whose birth sex and gender identity align. Gender queer, a broad descriptor many people use to indicate a person does not identify as either male or female. Gender expression. Gender. Oh God. Gender presentation. <laughs> How we show our gender to the world through external choices. Dress, behavior, or hairstyle. Gender identity. How we feel about our gender in our hearts and minds. That's, that, that's, oh gosh. This is how we feel about gender in our hearts and minds. So wait a minute. If my, if I feel that this is all, whatever. It's the same you, you really it's hard to break down stuff that is just nonsensical BS to begin with. There's, there's yeah. no point in trying to make sense of something this this nutty. Preferred personal pronouns. In addition to the traditional pronouns, he, him, she, her, they, some people prefer to use gender neutral pronouns such as me, v, z, zi, and z. If you don't know a student's preferred personal pronoun, it's always best to ask. Transgender describes anyone whose gender identity and birth sex do not align. The word should be used as transgender, not transgendered. For example, 
My brother Sam is transgender. His birth name was Samantha. Articles. How did we get here? You know, sometimes I have at least a little slight concept. You say, how did we get here? Yeah, how did we get here? We got here by remaining quiet. That's how we got here. Oh, well, partially. I mean, that, that, I think that's one component of it, sure. But I think another thing, like when you, when you talked, when we had the discussion with undercover mothers, I think this happened under the veil of secrecy and still is. And this has been going on for more for longer than we've known about it. And again, using undercover, undercover mothers as an example, I had a, a customer who's locally their their child's going to a school that has. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to say the specific. It, it was a, it was a, a, a splinter faction of the NAIS accreditation system. And when I told him, hey, you know, this is going on in these schools here locally, and I listed the schools that had these accreditations, and, dude, he like just like the woman that we had on our show said, he became indignant and combative. And, no, I, I vetted this school. I know. That's, that's not happening. My sister works there. Well, it's right here on their website. They have it. Well, that doesn't mean anything. It does. So let's get on NAIS website and see what it says. And there's all the things that, that we've talked about, all the, the horrific gender, queer, all of it. It's all there. In locked modules, mind you, we discussed that on that particular episode. And, uh, dude, he didn't want to hear none of it. And she said that, that that's a common occurrence with people that, that get caught flat-footed. But so you have willful ignorance, and then you have ignorance just and people, people, people that don't know, people don't want to accept. And that's one component in addition to what you described is how this flourished. There's a lot of different reasons. But, dude, also the subversion through forms of media. Like I've talked about before, Nirvana, like when the band Nirvana began to get popular, I remember reading on the inside of their CD liner because my sister had their CD. I never liked Nirvana. Um, but there, there was – it wasn't necessarily about transsexuals, but it was uh, – feminist and uh, the homosexual agenda was all, you know, there, there was dialogue in there about that, how they didn't want you to come to their shows if you were anti-gay, which I don't, and, and you know, if you, I can't remember, again, verbatim what it said, but it, it, it was along those lines. So uh, I know the band REM, they were, they were, I think the, the, well, actually, I don't think the lead singer was homosexual, and if I'm mistaken, he had AIDS or HIV, however, I don't know. Wasn't the lead singer of Metallica? Didn't he? Wasn't he like oh, transgender? Come on, dude! Is this? Are you kidding me right now? You? I thought we were keeping it classy. That's the word. That's the okay. You know what? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. <laughs> <laughs> Articles, publications, and reports. So we have educational resources about the gender spectrum. The online resource page includes information and links for promoting gender-inclusive learning environments for students, including understanding gender research and reports, information, or supporting gender expand. Expansive students. And so there's tons of this material on this website. We've covered enough of it because it's it's it's, it's not repetitive. It's actually a little bit different, but it's it, you just suffice to say it's wackadoodle, uh, idiot cross-dressing, confused, moron, pervert, Democrat, nut job, wacko nonsense. And another re- way this flourished was in the quote-unquote higher learning institutions where they, and that's, that's the difference, they indoctrinated students of our generation and a little bit lower than us, the millennial generation, to push this onto these young students. So they got, they, they weren't indoctrinating them to this degree and at this young, you know, kindergarten and up age. But just a few years ago, by my estimation, 
because those those people had to cycle through these disgusting colleges where this was going on and people parents just like with the private schools now were willingly paying for this quote-unquote higher education when it was an indoctrination and now they're in the education system pushing this and they don't know any different they don't know reading writing and arithmetic they don't know history they don't want to know history they've been indoctrinated to think that our history is bad that's another component of how that happened there's a lot of factors to this and you know, if you're wanting to, to, to tear a country apart from the inside out, as evil as it is, it was a brilliant tactic that they pulled off here. If, if your goal was to tear us apart socially from the inside out and make us weak, you did a great job. And, but I agree. But they've also, they've also put it in such a way, you know, with, with hate speech laws and stuff like that. Look at Canada and in Europe. And uh, there was a story this week, a dude got arrested in Europe for posting uh, the quote-unquote pride flag. He had them, you know, kind of in a, done in a circle, all set, and so it makes the swastika, the imagery makes us, and, but, and he did that to say, and I've talked about it for years, he was emphasizing the gay lobbies all-out, full-fledged blitzkrieg on free speech, and I just used a Nazi term. Yes. For the analogy. So it was an all-out assault on free speech, and you can't, you can't speak out against it. And so they, they literally arrested this guy for posting that online. And so that's another thing that they've done. So to speak out, you get crushed. You get alienated. You get canceled. But the difference is if every – it was just like with the COVID vaccine, if everybody does it in unison, but it's hard. And, and that's one of the things, the points that I consistently try to make where we have this ongoing deal is that – more and more unification is occurring. More people are realizing through watching. And, and that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier in the way people start to stand up when they see somebody. And that was like kind of the story of Donald Trump when he came down the escalator saying things that everybody was thinking that were common sense. And more and more people are starting to stand up and take that style of leadership. More and more people, like we've talked about in these school board meetings, and that's one of the things I want to talk about today. Uh, I talked to one of our suppliers at work that I haven't talked to in a while. And, uh, he was actually asking about our podcast, but he ran for a school board and won. And so he spent around $3,000 and got some of that back in donations. And we can probably have him on. In fact, if that's something that other, other people are willing to do, but he got tired of seeing this in his school and he didn't want his kids being subjected to this. So he ran for the school board. He's, he's in our Metro area. And dude, he said, I never would have, thought about anything about this, but I'm tired of watching it. And so the, these stories are playing out again in my, my personal sphere where people are getting involved because they're sick and tired. And so what it, it took getting to this level of insanity for people to start to do something. And that's what I knew would happen. There's the, these are multiple trigger mechanisms that are spurring people into action. Think about it, dude. We never, we never would have done this. If 2020 wouldn't happen, we would still be on that same plane of, of relative unawareness, not not that we were ever unaware politically at all. We know you know that, but inactivity, chin pissing and moaning without doing anything, yeah, and that would be the difference. And so, and like I've said since the beginning of this, the manifestation of it is going to look different for everybody. Everybody's going to do their thing, and more and more people are signing on and getting involved in a variety of ways, and they all look different. Some, you know, so. And that guy can inspire more people to do exactly what he did. Get involved with your school board, dude. Run for school board. This guy did it. He beat a long-term incumbent. I think he said was in there for at least four terms. So, wow. yeah. And, and But the guy had, had went from a Democrat, and then he changed to, and this is the beauty, but what I'm talking about, networking and these things that are developing that, that people may not, not realize is that 
it, well, I don't like Facebook, but it was a social media Facebook group for this area of concerned citizens talking about the school board. So he starts show, proving to them that this guy changed his, his party affiliation from Democrat to independent, or maybe even Republican, I can't remember. But he changed his party affiliation to, to try to move the goalposts and, and do what they always do and change their colors and stay relevant and remain in office. And so once that was disseminated in that group, it spread like wildfire, and that's how he won because it was just the sharing of information through groups. And again, undercover mothers would be another example. People, that's what I keep routinely coming back to, the more the information gets spread, the, the tolerance level is going to go down for stupidity. And, and that where they'll try to obfuscate it is to, the word, the idea of tolerance. You're, you're intolerant of this, the, of this, this garbage we just outlined. You're intolerant. No, this is stupid. And like I said last week, there doesn't need to be a long, drawn-out, well-spoken analysis and breakdown and conversation about stupid things. It's just this. They're stupid. They're absolutely ridiculous. It's moronic. And it needs to stop at that. People take over, throw this in the garbage can where it belongs, and we move on with life and start teaching our kids again. That's what needs to happen. I think that's what will happen. Now, the caveat being, places like New York and California are probably going to always be stupid. But that's it for this story. Okay. <laughs> what is this one? Oh, this. And so this is more of the same. It's a, what do you know? It's California. San Diego. Yeah, dude, cityjournal.org. This is uh, Christopher Rufo. He does a lot of work on Twitter with this kind of like libs at TikTok. TikTok. He's got a lot of good stuff. But uh, the Dismantlers, San Diego Public Schools want to overthrow heteronormativity and promote genderqueer, non-binary, pansexual, and... <laughs> read it. What is that, Reverso? Two-spirit identities. No, what? We didn't read what that was. Don't even know. So I think we've talked about it before, but I can't keep up. Two-spirit identity. San Diego United is the latest school district to adopt the principles of an academic queer theory and translate them into K-12 through pedagogy the, with the ultimate goal of dismantling heteronormativity and promoting a constellation of new sexual identities such as genderqueer, non-binary, pansexual, and two-spirit. By the way, there was a story this week about the Demi Lovato bimbo. She's not pansexual right now. She's something else. You switch back to she and her. From they, them. Yeah. And we had a whole segment where you made me laugh using, and she undid that. Well, I'll be damned. At I least have a, you got a laugh at a reverso. That's true. I have obtained a range of publicly accessible documents from San Diego Unified that reveal the district's new ideology. The materials follow the basic premise of queer theory. White Europeans created a false gender binary and used the categories of male and female. Hmm, I wonder about all the the tribal regions in South America and Africa and across the world. Yeah, like the Mayans and the Incas. And, well, yeah, well, I'm seeing even the and, ones that exist today that think this that, that still that do the yeah, exact same thing. what about like the Sioux and the Navajo? and and They must have been racist too. Yeah. And whatever. What about the true Native Americans? Well, I'm just saying even the cultures that still exist today that are tribal. Exactly. Are they, are they bad too? Are they... Um, Two-spirited? No, are they... Pansexual, non-binary, did, did genderqueer? No, I'm asking, did they create a false gender binary and use the categories of male and female to dominate racial and sexual minorities? Did they do that too? Because it's, because they only say it was white Europeans. Hmm. Right? Yeah, you could be onto something. Only white Europeans can be anti-this, or anti-anything, apparently. 
Yeah. I do know a lot of white Europeans are anti oral hygiene. <laughs> what? Do we have to cut that? Oh. Oh. Nope. Should I apologize? It just wasn't very classy. Damn it. Wait, you don't apologize. That sure as hell ain't classy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I guess that's why. I'm going to give you a master classy class. I'm going to call it master classy. Right? A San Diego Unified Training for Facilitators of LGBTQ Student Groups argues that the system of heteronormativity forces students to conform to these norms. They are assigned a sex at birth, pressing of the identities of man and woman, and expected to have heterosexual relationships culminating in marriage and kids. The gender binary, however, is arbitrary, socially constructed, and harmful. It is, in the words of the presentation, a limited system that excludes and oppresses trans, non-binary, intersex, and gender non-conforming people. According to the district, the gender binary has created an unjust society that distributes heterosexual and cisgender privilege, the sexual analog to the concept of white privilege. In the presentation, administrators explain that a heterosexual cisgender person automatically receives this privilege, which benefits members of dominant groups at the expense of members of target groups and results in institutional power for straight men and women. Furthermore, the district claims... This sexual privilege is connected to a broader range of privileges and oppressions via the theory of intersectionality. Racism, of course, classism, heterosexism do not exist independently. The presentation reads, multiple forms of discrimination interrelate a creating a system of oppression. So that, dude, you, like, basically, out of everybody here, mostly embody that. That. Who? You. Why? You're white, you're heterosexual, and you you just do. I Who mean, says I'm white? Can can I get a can we put that to a vote? I come on, man. Can I can anybody get a second that motion? I thought we were all white. I would say I'm the least. I'm the least. How do you figure? Because I'm nice. Right? <laughs> right? And I'm classy. Classy. Reverso. Help me out here. Dude. Well, you're Jewish, so you don't, you obviously can't be completely that. Racism, classism, <laughs> heterism do not exist independently. The presentation reads multiple forms of, so yeah, basically I'm saying you embody the multiple forms of discrimination. And you drive a truck. I'm sure that is a factor. It's an electric truck. Okay. You know what? It's got an electric I re- starter, right? <laughs> I, I rescind my argument. You you no longer have the title. I, f- I forgot about the electric truck. Yeah. Yes. It's a Tesla. <laughs> For now, the continued spread of queer theory and gender ideology in districts such as San Diego Unified appears to be a foregone conclusion. It is remarkable to see the tenets of a once obscure and controversial academic discipline translated into classroom orthodoxy for children. Parents, however, should be again pushing back. They already are. If the case against queer, queer theory as an academic discipline is strong, the case against queer theory as a K through 12 pedagogy is even stronger. The goal of dismantling heteronormativity is nonsensical and destructive to the basic building blocks of society. To divide the world into man and woman and encourage the development of families and children is not oppression, but a basic process of human nature, one that should not be discarded under the false pretenses of academic postmodernism. And that's one of the things too, like, and I've said this a lot about just regu- like gay stuff whenever it, began, it started to get prominent, dude, is that to say that you hate someone, for them to be able to dictate what, they're talking about, you know, in my heart I'm this and sexually I'm that. 
dude, you don't get to to determine what exists in somebody else's heart as far as hatred or any emotion. Like, you you can't do that. Like, you can't tell me I hate you because I, I don't. Like, I don't even know you. Like, think you're an idiot. But that doesn't mean there, there's a pretty big difference between thinking. Like, am I right? Thinking I somebody's an idiot and hating I them. I don't hate you yet. Yeah. So, the uh, but the idea too that to to you to kind of go back to what we're saying. You have to condition people to this. This doesn't occur naturally because instinctual mechanisms that are instilled in everybody from birth dictate, for obviously reproductive reasons, because it's completely nature and it's instinctual, that's why they have to just keep on and keep on and keep on and move it to a lower age to indoctrinate and beat with a sledgehammer because nobody is naturally going to accept this without coercion being involved because it's not instinctual. So an atheist and a leftist that doesn't believe in any higher form will tell you that we're all animals. Animals have instinctual processes that can't be interrupted to this degree in this way through subversion tactics, do they? Anybody? No. So that's why they have to keep doing this because, dude, to accept this is to suppress instinct. That's not smart. That's absolutely stupid. Yeah. Completely stupid. I could go on a whole dissertation about that, too. Anything else? Oh, what about Brittany Griner? Surely you've got a, cl- a classy response to that girl that got convicted in that Russian court and went to jail for her hashish oil. Justice served. The anti-American. Yeah, but you know. W- is it, mean, was it whole- WNBA? You're the sports yeah. guy. And you love WNBA. That's the most no, exciting thing in sports. It's universally no. understood, right? But you know the whole reason behind that was just for the prisoner swap. I mean, that's the whole reason she got nine years. I would say this. If there was a WNBA player that did what she did that wasn't an anti-American commie, I wouldn't want to trade the prisoner for her, but I would I would want her to be brought home. Yeah, so now what's going to happen? You know they're going to do the prisoner swap. You know, I, I don't. I don't know that they will. Because there's a lot of eyes on that, and that the, yeah, they're, they're talking about some pretty heinous people. Well, yeah, I know. The I one, mean, the one guy they want, the Russians want the the U.S. to put in the deal. Also, is right now in prison in Germany for killing somebody. So that you know, it's kind of putting a stop to that. Because how are we going to get him out of the German prison for killing a German citizen? Throwing this package. I, I don't think that what she did, in my personal opinion, justifies the, the sentence. The lack of sympathy stems from her absolute disrespect for our anthem and for our flag and for our way of life. And so, and dude, it's when, when you behave in that manner, you should expect nothing less because that, that entitled, elitist, arrogant attitude about the country that allowed you to, to play this game for a living and you spit in our face like, dude, it's a natural reaction. Have a nice life. Enjoy your nine years. Yeah. You know, and again, if, if she wasn't an anti-American piece of shit, I would, I would prefer that she get brought back home. I, that's, that's a desolate, that's got to be one of the most desolate feelings to be locked up in a foreign country, a communist foreign country for what, to, in my opinion, by American standards is a pretty insignificant charge. Yeah, but you know. It happens all the time, but we never hear about it. Right, absolutely. But not only that, again... The, Look at the series, Locked Up Abroad. Right, I, I get that. And the thing is, too, though, like I think that those lax laws in America and other countries, especially there, obviously, and yes, they are making an example out of her, but they look at certain things as a more severe offense than they do here. 
Yeah. And it's her obligation to know that if you're traveling there, you ought to figure that out. And if you hadn't done that, you wouldn't be in this position. Yeah. But see, you put a premium like these idiots on nonsense. You you didn't put the premium on doing what you were supposed to be doing, keeping your mouth closed. And because uh, I can't, it was Laura Ingram or whoever it was, or maybe it was Ann Coulter that had talked in reference to LeBron James, shut up and dribble. And I pissed a lot of people off. And I'm not suggesting that you should shut up and dribble. You should talk, but you shouldn't insult our country. Like, you, not to the, to the degree that you did. And then not only that, push this hogwash. Like, oh, she's got a wife back here. You have a person that you have some kind of weird relationship with, but, you know, marriage is a covenant of God. So, yeah. I, and not only, and, and that's not recognized. Sorry, dude, it's pretty specific. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. recognize it. Like, I don't believe that that equates to a marriage at all. But I hope she enjoys her stay. Well, no, I don't. Oh, she won't, en- she won't enjoy her stay. I'll enjoy her stay. Yeah. So that brings us to our last little piece, and uh, we'll say goodbye for the week. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at bcblpodcast.com. You can info you can info us. You can email us at info at bcblpodcast.com and find us on Truth Social, BCBL Podcast. <clears throat> One of the things you've been talking wait, about. Wait, wait a minute. This is, uh, you know, Alex Jones was on that defamation trial this One week, thing- and there he goes again. One of the things. I think the fire alarm has gotten in the computer. Whatever bug was in your fire alarm is now in the computer. Alex Jones, so the Sandy Hook parents, they they sued him for, was that, defamation? Yeah. And so he lost like $4.1 million. But there are several variations of this meme from an interchange between their attorney and Alex Jones as he's being questioned. And uh, I thought it was hilarious. So here it is, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Things you've been talking about a lot recently on your show, uh, even within the past couple months, is your allegation that government officials are aiding in pedophilia, child trafficking, and the grooming of children, right? You mean like what Jeffrey Epstein did with the Clintons? Show, but that's too true for rage.